0: In this episode of Beyond the Rig, we'll be talking to Keith Knight and Kevin Knight, two members of the Knight family who have a long career in transportation.
1: Let's get truckin'.
2: This is Beyond the Rig.
1: Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rig. I'm Linda Dominey, and sitting next to me is one more story, Corey.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be invited back. Will must be on vacation. You know, Will, he's always on vacation. I can't believe that guy gets so much time off. But it's great to be here with you, Linda.
1: Well, I'm, I'm thankful to have you next to me.
0: Um, it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to this podcast because...
1: I'm super excited about it too. Yeah,
0: because there's a couple of other uh, old guys like me. <laughs> so I'm not alone but, today.
1: But with more hair.
0: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much so, yeah. so with us today are keith knight and kevin knight of knight transportation and they have a long history in the trucking business
1: that they do an interesting history
0: and it very interesting we hope to find out more about that because i think a lot of people in the industry would like to know about how we are connected to many other companies and drivers out there. I agree. So welcome to Beyond the Rig you guys. Thank thanks you Cory, thanks yeah. Linda. Thank you.
1: All right. So let's start. I mean, let's just get jump right into it. Ready?
0: Okay, sounds
2: good. Yep.
1: All right. So, first and foremost, you know, we want to get back we want to get to the root. Let's look at to the very beginning. We want to know about Kevin and Keith. All right. So, we're going to start off with you grew up in Plain City. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your life there in Plain City. Is as-
2: go ahead,
3: Kev. Go ahead and start. Yeah, what
0: well, was it? What was it like growing pl- pl- up in a small farming
2: Plain town? Plain City was was really a, a. I mean, it was wonderful for us, and and you know, Plain City is a. Uh, back then was a town of maybe eight hundred yep. people. Right, it's and a little and, place. Uh, yeah, Keith and I, both of our grandfathers, were farmers, to one degree or another and um so we were blessed with the opportunity to always have something to do <laughs> and uh in plain city you you learn to work at a at a very age. age at a yeah. very uh young age and um even before you had a driver's license uh you know you drove because you drove a tractor you had to get to work you you had to do uh things out on those country roads that uh, wouldn't be uh, acceptable yeah, today. today. And your parents didn't <laughs> take you there, did they? No, <laughs> no. You had to get there yourself. Yeah, because uh, that's just how it was in a, in a small farming community. But it was great. We, uh, we had, uh, I would say, a somewhat normal uh, oh, yeah, very Main normal City uh, childhood. Uh, we had two parents. We had a mom and a dad. And uh, they were both from Plain City. Oh. Lifetime. Wow. And uh, grandparents. Uh, Plain City. Uh, <laughs> lifetime. So it's. Where, where is Plain City? So Plain City is just west of Ogden. So if you're on Interstate 15 headed. Uh, you know, headed towards Brigham City after you've passed the Ogden. North, uh, north of Salt Lake. Yeah, just north of Salt Lake, about okay. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then west of Ogden, 10 or 15 minutes. So, so oh.
0: I grew up in Utah. Yes. Right. And never heard of Plain City. One exit, until I, <laughs> Until I met my now wife yeah. Yeah. of 41 years. Right. Yeah. And she told me she was from Plain City, and I thought it was somewhere in Indiana or Iowa. Yeah so isn't yeah. that wow. funny
2: yeah and when yeah. Keith and I were kids I don't think I-15 was even there yeah. Yeah. it wasn't it it came you After. know when we were kids yeah. Wow. yeah okay
0: you said there was a lot to do in Plain City as a kid yep um so what did you do sports
2: work and sports what that sport? was baseball basketball football any, anything with a ball
1: anything outside
2: any anything outside yeah we we had no video games we uh <laughs> we didn't have uh colored tv we had black and white tv except for when we did get a colored tv i remember that day oh, that yeah. was at least yeah. really a special day yeah but that was that was it sports and school you know we uh Went to Plain City Elementary, right? Uh, yeah. Walquist Junior High, yeah. Weber, Weber Weber High, which we had to go all the way to Ogden to go to high school. Wow! Uh, so you know, and it was it's just the way, and just we, the way it was. Had great yeah.
3: Great friends, didn't we? And, oh yeah. And great neighbors, great. and yep. you knew most everybody in the town. You really did. It. was a north end and a south end, and um, we were on the south end, and we always would compete against each other <laughs> in church sports. And um, you know, different things. So, like who is that. better at um, football? you or no Kevin would have been a better
2: athlete.
0: I, I don't than, know, Keith than, than was I a wrestler was. though. Wrestling, yeah, okay, but
1: that
2: yeah. was in high school, yeah. But so, I, I never wrestled, that was too much work and not enough reward for, but, for but me. Kev- so,
3: no, no, Kevin, Kevin would have been the best athlete, but very good baseball and basketball player. And we didn't play football really. I mean, we had played just up on the park with friends, but we really didn't play
0: um, organized organize yeah. until, until we, we were a little older. When
3: we went up to North Ogden. Because
0: Plain
2: City didn't have a team. They,
3: they didn't have a team. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah.
0: so baseball is a passion. Baseball would probably be our right. most, so even who, who today. who was better at baseball?
2: Oh, Kevin for sure. Yeah, he, but we
3: he, he was left-handed and pitched. And, oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, in the uh, – weber county championship uh, in little league i threw a no hitter and we lost the game (gasps) i I walked one kid he stole second base we overthrew it to the second baseman and he ended up getting home but our team only had two hits so neither one of our our guys got in but but yeah love baseball it was, and our and brothers we
3: did too. Lynn and Larry, they they enjoyed sports. Yeah, and, sports and Gary
2: loved Yeah, Gary we all. It was a baseball generation because we could get them on the transistor radio. Right. And, you know, we we that's how you kept up with oh, the yes. Dodgers or the Giants or and, Yeah, and Gary
1: was the a big radio. Dodger fan. <laughs> that's awesome. And,
3: and we were Giant fans because of our grandfather. He was a huge San Francisco fan. Giants fan. Yep. Yeah, we, okay. Willie
2: Mays, Willie McCovey, one match that, era. that that era. For the Dodgers. It was Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale. Yeah, all those guys. So yes, it was.
0: Please. So sports was awesome. a big part of life, right? Huge, huge yeah. part, and, st- and still is in some of your hobbies and interests, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and I know there were some other activities that we probably wouldn't want to talk about the fun that you had back <laughs> in the day, right? Yeah. Um, but questions for you guys. Um, I remember when we first got to know each other, there were there were lots of nicknames. Yeah. So do you remember any of the nicknames? You each had a nickname, your, your parents, your friends, some <laughs> yeah, of the nicknames yeah. that come back yeah, from
2: so, that. So our dad was we Tars. Was Tars, that was that was our dad's nickname, and that was Tarzan. you know the Tarzan Jane era. And so, supposedly
3: he used to climb lots of trees. Yeah, and that's that's where yeah. we got that name.
2: Yeah, our grandpa his his nickname was Skinner. Skinner, uh, and and you know uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you know, and, sounds like a grandfather I'd uh, love to meet. <laughs> and uh, my my nickname was Lefty. Was lefty, because
1: you threw with your lefty? Threw uh-huh. left
2: hand. Left.
3: Left-handed.
1: Yeah, and
3: and, uh, and that well, they called me Thane, uh, my dad's name. That's just what yeah, my his friends called me. Thane.
1: Okay. Yeah,
2: because yeah, it was a unique name, so they were kind of ribbing him a little bit by yeah, calling but, him. But we had other Thane. friends like like Kirk
3: Williams was Willie, and and his dad was Willie, was <laughs> Willie. We'll leave it at that.
2: We we won't talk more about Willie. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: oh, that's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, it was good.
0: So, did you guys know what you wanted to be when you were when you were young?
1: What was your? Yeah,
0: Kevin probably did. He
3: probably wanted to be a baseball player. Maybe. Well, I, yeah, I, know. I
2: would. I would say as a as a really young person, like right. That was really that's what everybody in Plain City wanted to be was was uh, make it to player. the yeah big leagues, you know. But hey, it doesn't happen, you <laughs> know, but not not for many. And uh, but as I uh, got a little bit older, uh, I had a really close friend, and uh, his name was Randy Marriott, and uh, he his his family got uh, separated, right? And uh, so he lived with his mom, and you know, house full of kids, and uh, he had to go to work like. Oh, very young. At a very young age, just to help support the family, even while he was in elementary school. And so he had a big influence on me because he just was so industrial. Like he would figure out ways to just. Make it in, and
3: really a smart guy, very good common very sense. Very good common sense. Is, Not
2: very good in school. No, but <laughs> but, but uh, really really strong common yeah. sense. And I was very close to him, and so, you know, I remember uh, that that was really influential for me from a business perspective. And then our dad, uh, our dad was a, uh, he was always. He was always buying and selling things in, in his entire career, you know, like uh, whether it was construction equipment or whether it was retail goods or whether it was. And uh, I wish everybody could have had the experience of buying a car with, yeah, with, with our dad. dad. It was, it was unbelievable. It was something. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, <laughs> it was an all-day experience (laughs) and by the time we finished the poor sales guy was so wore down and had (laughs) invested so much time in selling our dad a car that to get rid of us they finally just said and I can remember you know a lot of people won't even know what this is but we actually were there. We'd got there when it opened. It was probably five o'clock, six o'clock in the afternoon. And the sales guy finally comes back and says, Okay, Mr. Knight, we've got a deal. And my dad goes, Need one more thing. Oh, boy. And Keith and I loved the car. Remember the Buick? Yeah. And, and right. we're like, Oh my gosh, Dad, don't let this thing crumble. Like, <laughs> this is a nice car. <laughs> and uh, he goes, You got to throw in an underseal.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, because up there with the weather, right. the salt, yeah. the
1: salt would rust it. Yeah,
2: and uh, so this was the Riviera. This was the Riviera, oh, gosh, and uh, and gosh, the guy goes back, asks his general manager, and he says, "Okay, we'll throw in an undersill, It probably cost ten bucks back then. I, <laughs> I I don't know, but but and you never you never bought anything that you you didn't negotiate. Like most people would go into the that when you bought school clothes and you know they just pay whatever the sticker says so with four boys you know my dad had kind of get the stack there and then guess what he wanted to do he was buying buy in volume bargain. yeah buy so in he, volume. he he wanted to negotiate
1: he wanted to get a but he, volume he, discount but he
3: enjoyed it where a lot oh, of people he loved it
2: he lived don't he they,
0: lived Lived oh, no, he lived for it. Oh, no, he enjoyed <laughs> So that
2: was it. That, was <laughs> that a,
0: explains so much to me, that was, watching you guys over the years.
2: Yeah, and then we had, we also, you remember Uncle Ken? Oh, yeah. So Uncle Ken was uh, my mom's older brother, and uh, he was, they lived in Bountiful. Now, Bountiful was, you know... Compared to Plain City, that was that was was kind of the upper crust, even up on the hill Uh, a little. Yeah, Yeah. he lived up on the hill, and uh, he always uh, drove really nice cars. And uh, he was always traveling uh, for business, and he was in the insurance business. And he had gone away; he had left Plain City. He had uh, gone to San Francisco, and. And right. uh, gotten in the insurance business, and done, and yeah, done and real we, well. And he would come and hunt with 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 us a lot, and so he was also an influence. It was interesting to, to, you know, just listen to his stories, and uh, and and just just understand. But then then we've got to go to our grandpa, oh, boy. like like literally Are you talking about Horace grandpa Knight, yes, Horace Knight, and and you know. Horace <coughs> was just a unique individual. Okay, I I don't know how else to describe our grandpa Knight. And if you think my dad was a negotiator, oh, oh my gosh,
1: he got it from the. Oh dad.
2: my gosh! Yeah, and, and he loved his dad. He really looked. He up was to him. he was so yep. close to 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 Grandpa, right, uh, grandpa Knight. Knight, and. Uh, and so it was, it, was, it was really probably Grandpa Night that kind of started the whole uh, business thing. Because our grandpa, he, uh, most of the farmers would trade their produce through an association. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not our grandpa. <laughs> he pulled it out of the field. He stored it. He prepared it. And then he, he hauled it yeah, and he straight it. to the market and sold it. So he and cut out
0: all the middlemen.
2: He cut out all the middlemen. So he and, make the most and, he, uh, and he had a term for uh, his best potatoes, his best onions, were yeah, show, babies. show babies. <laughs> and, and I remember him saying, okay, kids, the show babies always go on the top the show babies always go on the top because at the produce market, you'd take your sacks of potatoes and onions and you'd show, open, open the them top. Up. <laughs> yep. And there's, there's the show babies. There's the hey, show one babies. Of the best, the best um, produce there. Another thing I learned from Grandpa and I was, so the, the Plain City Asparagus Association, you would take your asparagus there and then they would stick it in ponds and it would gain weight. And it got sold by the pound. Well, uh, Grandpa Knight built his own ponds, yes. <laughs> and so that's really uh, he would gain the weight. He'd pull it out of the pond and to Salt Lake. He would he would, uh, he would. he would. He would go. Yeah. Wow! And uh, you know, and and he he was really something. Like uh, a lot of people probably didn't like him. But he had so many uh good characteristics that sometimes people didn't see because he was a little bit tough. And he was a he was a little bit gruff. I remember our great grandpa would say, Isn't it isn't it terrible to be afraid of your own son? <laughs> because because, you know, his dad and people like my dad and Randy and Gary's dad, they would all work to, you know, to help to help Grandpa Knight. But you know, with work, farm work, the only way you get through it is you gotta have some fun. So they'd be having fun and then they'd hear Grandpa Knight pulling up and and back to business. They had to act like, you know It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Uh, Yeah back to business. So so but but it was uh it was it was really something he was a great man I think he cooked every evening meal because he would uh, he would leave early he would get up like at four o'clock in the morning and uh, you know get the truck loaded up, drive it to Salt Lake which back then was probably an hour and fifteen minute drive and uh, and you know and then he'd sell us produce he'd come home in the afternoon and uh He'd he'd you know yeah. go to, go to work and then uh, he'd go cook dinner, and I'm sure my grandma loved it.
1: So one y'all of, grew all kinds of stuff then.
2: All kinds of stuff, yeah.
1: Oh, that's so one incredible. of my
0: favorite Grandpa Knight stories. <laughs> It, that I've heard over the years is because he loved his family, loved his grandkids. Yes. So he'd gather up a gaggle of grandkids and go off to the lake or some, some activity, right? Yes. Yep. And then when they were hungry, he would pull into Arctic circle, <laughs> ask each kid, what would oh, you want? Yep. Cheeseburger. Sure. Yep. malt what we'd, And his, we'd tell him, and you'd tell him each individual order. And then he'd pull up to the window and say,
2: I'll take, uh, five, six cheeseburgers. Yep. Six orders of fries and mix up the drinks, and that so was it. Each kid
0: thought they were getting a great deal, but then he'd order his own, yeah. and he
2: would actually listen to us like you know, he yeah, would actually listen, he like, like he was
1: like he was gonna take in the dorm. door. Yeah. He'd yeah. walk up
2: to the window, six cheeseburgers, six fries, and mix up the drinks. So that meant then you only had like three or four things you could get. That meant you were Orange, getting a couple of root oranges. Root beer. You were getting a couple of seven ups. You were getting a couple of root beers and a couple of Cokes. And that was, that was it. Or one or two. You know, it was, That's that was hilarious. it. Yeah. There wasn't <laughs> any Diet Coke. There wasn't any, you know,
0: hadn't come yet. <laughs> yep. So how did this, the, all of that background, how did you make the leap into transportation? How did that happen?
2: Well, Keith was on his mission. Yeah, and uh, Randy had already uh, uh, joined the Moyes family, and and was part of uh, what would become Swift. Right. Uh, You know, a couple of little homegrown names, but ultimately what would become Swift. And uh, I needed a job, (laughs) and uh, and literally. the Moyes family was, you know, they were close to the Knight family. And uh, uh, Gary and Randy's dad, Uncle Lloyd, and our dad, Thane, and Carl and Vernal Moyes were best of friends. And, uh, and, and Jerry was, you know, kind of like a decade older than us. And he, uh, he and his brother, Ronald, were in Phoenix, and Randy our cousin was in California oh, yeah. and uh, they were in the trucking business and we needed a job and they needed help and uh, so you know that's that was it and asked for a job and they said come, come to Phoenix in. and so that's that's and So what you went we- to Phoenix was it you who went with you you So when I first went to Phoenix it was just me and I couldn't believe it. It was in August of probably, what oh, would it be, boy. 74 or 75? 75, 75. When oh, I God. got off the airplane, like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. There were no jetways. like, And it was like 110 that day or 108 or something. And I remember my turn came to get off the airplane, and it's like, oh. And I'm like, I had never experienced That kind heat. of heat like that in, in my life and had, and really didn't even think that I could learn to love it. <laughs> but, uh, so that was, that was that. And, and, you know, I started just working in the yard mm-hmm. and then, uh, they needed help checking in drivers back then. We'd have our drivers hand in all their paperwork and then we'd kind of make sure it all was copacetic with all the regulations. And, uh, and that, that was really, uh how i got more involved in the uh industry. Y- in the uh yeah in the industry so you knew somebody knew you needed somebody, a job, needed you a job.
0: so when did gary join your cousin so so
2: we uh we ended up uh, making an agreement to uh manage the fleet of farmers grain it was a cooperative up in ogden and it was they were really good at the grain business, but they were terrible at hauling and it right. was a cooperative. And with co-op, you could you could haul your co-op product anywhere you it took you and then you didn't have to have authority. You gotta remember this was back during the time Very of regulation. Regulated. Right. Very and regulated. and so having access to that co-op gave us the ability to haul all kinds of commodities back, for Jerry it was a dream come true, and and you know, uh, of all of us, Jerry was the best educated. Like he had actually gone to college, and uh, and you know, got a degree from Weber State College, and so he was very uh, uh, front front edge when it came to you know. Uh, Figuring all this stuff out yeah. right. and maybe even figuring it out in ways that maybe wouldn't have been socially acceptable today, but it's how you survived back, back, then. Back, yeah. back then. So, so really, and Randy was already here and then Keith finished his mission and he ends up in the same situation that I'm in. He needed a job. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I,
3: I came here for my honeymoon um, in July, you know, which, which and we had a great time even though as as hot as it was <laughs> and they had offered me a job then and I said well let me let me think about it and went back up home and was just working construction and winter came it was cold and so I called Kevin I said hey is is that still available and and so then so I came down in January of 78 so that's when I started.
0: So that hot weather turned into perfect weather in January. Oh my oh, gosh. For sure, yeah, it was
3: good compared yeah. to that yeah. cold. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No. Yep.
0: So so that now you're all here.
2: Yeah, Randy and, and, and Gary and and Corey. In the early days, we would drive to Utah all the time. Like it was nothing to to drive home to Utah several several times a year. Maybe. Oh no, that that's a good point because I remember. Yeah. Wow. Um, we we sold
3: what Carfana had, and then I when I I I had a pickup truck, and we um you know we had didn't sell it but Dad kept it, and um and we went and bought a new car, and again to Kevin's point how Dad negotiated, um he he got that new car for us but we did that because we knew we'd be driving back and forth.
1: Right, so Uh, you had to have a good vehicle. A a bunch. Yeah, and and,
3: and we only had one car here. So I, Fauna took the car to work, and then I would, we would ride together um, every morning, me and Kevin and I think Gary and I think Ronald, um, to
2: work, right? yeah, Yeah, we rode together. And when Gary and I were together riding, we we lived in the same apartment complex. We didn't have air conditioning, so we'd just roll the windows down and and uh, oh just you know try to survive on our way air, to work. You didn't and,
0: have air conditioning in the car. In the car. And, and in your apartment, guy. probably we said, had we had our yeah. air
2: conditioning in the apartment. But but you know, and it, it was it was really interesting because really the Moyes family, um, it's kind of where we got our example, like. When they moved to Arizona and California to to start, to, you know, to continue this trucking business, like we'd see them about every other weekend in Utah. I mean, they would literally they would drive, drive. They would drive home, and uh, and it was, you know, and hey, it's trucking, you know. I mean, you're just you're just kind of driving uh, huh. all the all the time, and so you know, it's you think nothing of getting off work on Friday and driving and home and yep. spending Saturday and half a Sunday and driving back. Wow. So, you know, that was, those were the early years.
0: One of the things yeah. that's really impressed me um, knowing you guys for all these years is that you've always had a close relationship with the, the drivers right. in the industry. Yep. Do you guys remember any of the early oh my gosh. drivers from from, from way Swift? back yeah yeah oh way back gosh. in the day we can name yes. like Rolly
3: Shaw Doc Hartle, Ray Peterson Jim yeah. Brander um, who yeah, else those, Ever- were,
2: those were some of our owner operators Everett Epperson Greg Price I wonder if any wow. of those guys are still around they would they would uh, boy I, uh, they would all they would all I think be gone probably. Yeah, yeah I think. I think they're all gone. And hey, of all of those guys, yeah, uh no. Rolly Shaw yeah. was uh he was so influential on all of us. Yeah. Like like uh Rolly Shaw was the what would you call it? The the he was it like like that was a guy who god created to drive to drive yeah and um he he drove company truck and then he became an owner operator and i have never seen a human being uh manage his time like Rolly shaw managed his time the hours of service were more flexible then and uh you could, you know, sleep for a couple hours, drive, sleep for six hours, and then you could combine those two periods, and that was your eight-hour break. And uh, And Rolly could sleep anywhere. Like, like he could fall asleep in our little uh, dumpy office on Elwood on the couch for an hour, and he was good to go. And he'd get his tires changed at uh, at the tire place. And he'd find a place that sleep. they had sleep. He could sleep in his bunk while they were working on I I mean, he was absolutely unbelievable.
3: Yeah. He took
1: advantage of every time the truck stopped. Uh,
2: every single. Well,
3: and tell him, we, um, and back then, it wasn't bands. It was flatbeds. Yeah and so every load that he hauled he had, to, had tarp, to tarp had to tie it down tie it down which yeah. is a lot of work it takes a lot of, a long time you're out and yeah. and half the year in phoenix but, how hot it is but to
2: watch him chain a load oh. or to tarp a load i mean it was a it was a work of art like and he didn't waste one minute you'd ask him i remember my dad asking him right. one time hey <laughs> roley what could i do to help you he says stay the heck out of the way uh, <laughs> because i got a system and uh, but but roley and my dad had one thing in common they both could only see out of one eye so you get those two looking at each other you never knew right. you never really knew where they were looking or who they were talking to it was quite an event to be with my dad and well uh, and
3: roley he was the first guy that trained me when i came to Phoenix because he had got in an accident and broke his leg. Yeah. Oh. And so he taught me, um, you know, a bunch of stuff about the industry and about logs and just yeah. everything. And so we, I mean, we were all very close with him. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. over the years, I've known that about you guys and appreciated the fact, but listening to them, isn't it amazing how their biggest influencers were the, the, drivers. Were the drivers and he, they said, Rolly would come in and could sleep in the office. Yep. That's always been really important for your culture, our culture, oh is you know, driving associates are team members. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I mean,
3: I remember Rolly and, and even other drivers. So when we'd be in California, once I moved over there, um, we would have to load coils or containers on these flatbeds in the yard, and then we'd go out and help them, you know, even though Rolly didn't want much help. Others would, and you would help them tie down or tarp or just Whatever. all kinds. of We we used things. to
2: in the early days of night, on the weekend we hooked every truck. Yeah,
3: up. we'd have it all ready,
2: so when they came. So when in, they
1: came in, ready to go, they're so ready. So we to- were.
2: We'd get the loads. We'd we'd uh, you know, have the trucks run through the shop on the weekend. We didn't believe in slowing those trucks down during the week. And uh, we'd have all those trucks and trailers. And, hey, we learned that at Swift. We did the same thing yeah, at Swift. Right. We, we just – the deal was, uh, you know, you, you get all the trucks hooked up. You get them all ready to go. and And then – uh, we always said, if you go to church on Sunday, you come after church. If you don't go to church on Sunday, then we expect you to leave a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but hey, that was, we were just, yeah, exactly. but, uh, but anyway, you oh, know, one more thing on Rolly
3: too, and I know we need to move on, but he would come in and, you know, he'd say, you know, what do you have for me? <laughs> or, or no, he had, he, he had always want. He says, I don't care how much time it takes. I just want what's going to pay the most. So even if it was three or when four... When he was an owner-operator. Uh, whether it course. was three or four yeah. pickups, he would always just... He didn't care how much time it took. Um, he just, just wanted it to pay the most. To pay the most money that he could. Yeah. That he could make. And so that always was a big influence just as
0: how he how he how thought yeah how he operated, yeah. and, how yeah. he operated yeah. and and he was very successful you would say oh my gosh yeah paid he, for numbers of trucks
1: wow yeah. that's awesome
0: yeah yeah
1: that's nice so to
0: the 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 story of swift and its growth was amazing oh in and of my itself gosh. and so you saw over were in there when when swift took off growing from yes from when you started yep so okay, there came a pivotal time when you guys decided to venture out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? How did you feel? Well, you know, I just want to talk a little
2: bit before that because it was so important. Um, Of our entire group, Jerry was what I would call thrust. Okay. Like you were not going to slow him down. Do you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yep, for sure. And, uh, and so we were blessed to be able to uh, watch him are. uh just to operate. operate operate and and just just the way he was and hey Ronald and Randy too but Jerry was the thrust i mean he was he seemed to uh, be the guy that you just couldn't slow down <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying and uh, and and so that was a blessing in our lives. For sure, is to yeah. really see how as an, as a business person in America you could grow, and so we were a hundred percent blessed by just being part of that. Right, and and I guess people would say we were an important part of that. Absolutely, uh, but not as important as Jerry. Right, and uh, I mean he's an expert deal maker. No question. True, true statement. No question. No question. And uh, and then, though, uh, a few trucking companies had gone public. And, you know, you didn't used to be able to understand how other trucking companies operated. And there was one up in Coralville, Iowa, called Heartland. And every quarter, when they would release their numbers, it would just hit me in my heart. Like... They're better than we are, and now I'm talking about Swift, right. you know, and uh, and it bugged me that they could operate so efficiently uh, as compared to us at Swift. But our 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 vision at Swift was more about growth with Jerry being the leader yeah. than it was about efficiency. Right. Uh, with Heartland, uh, you know, they they. It was a growing period because it, we had just come out of deregulation. So they yeah. were growing, but they were also extremely efficient. So that was, that was kind of like in one ear and the other ear of, of how we were beginning to see the world. And mm-hmm. so um, then, Corey, we, we, we decided to start night. And uh,
0: when Randy had left... He had left Swift. He had sold yes. his interest yes. to Jerry correctly yep. a few yep. years and before. In 80 85. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so, and, and we weren't 100% certain we were going to start night. Yeah. But as things ended up working out, we we had an opportunity to do that. And it was it was very difficult. I mean, you've got to understand, we were, you know closer to the moises yeah, very very our than, whole life than, we had than maybe some people can even mm-hmm. imagine right and it and it goes all the way back to when plain city yeah, we and so what you've got to understand about plain city is it's the home of cr england and sons long before swift long before night it's the home of C.R. England. Because they, they started right. back in the 30s? They started back in the, I would say, Corey, maybe the 40s or the 50s. Right. okay Yeah, because, because C.R. decided people needed produce halt, and he wanted to be the guy that, the uh, that, that did it. So, and his wife was Maude Knight. And, and one of their first employees that I think maybe ran team... Was Carl? Was Carl Moyes. Yeah. Wow! And so we're going back wow. two generations yeah. before. Yeah. So, you guys. so what you've got to understand, and the Englands were close to the Moises and the Knights, and 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 it just, you know, this is this is really, this is really, uh, uh, this is foundational. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, so it was very tough. It was tough. It was especially difficult on Jerry, I think.
1: So I mean, but this it was
2: would, difficult on us,
0: of too.
1: course. Yeah. This would have been tough on just in Plain City. It
2: was tough on the town. Yeah. It was tough on our parents.
1: Yep. I could see that. Yeah. And the first since first years, they're all so yeah. intertwined.
2: Yeah, yeah. and wow. and and you know, we had good jobs. You know, we really we really we had, we had good jobs, and we, we, but, but I go back to the efficiency of Heartland. of Heartland. And it gnawed at me. I don't know about Keith and Gary and Randy, but it, it gnawed at me, because I'm very competitive. And, and so to me, uh, trucking's just like a game. It's just a game, you know. And and whoever uh, has the best coach, players is going to win. And and whoever has the best strategy and all those things. I mean, it's it's not a lot different. It's it's
0: like watching old John Wooten.
2: There you go. There you, you know, go. Back with UCLA. Yeah, back yeah. in the day of, of of basketball. But but so that had left a burning impression on 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 me and I I really believed in my naivety, did I say that right? Mm -hmm. That that you could you could grow like Jerry and you could operate like Russ. That's what I thought.
1: And you
0: (laughs) you had access to see that efficiency because they were public and had to release their financial statements. Yes. Whereas as a private company, you're not obligated to do that. Right. And so you you were able to look at those guys and see that. I
2: read every sentence. Anything that was published on Heartland, on J.B. Hunt, on Warner, on MS carriers, every one of them, I read every sentence. And, uh, and then eventually Swift went public, you know, and...
0: Um, and continued and, to grow and, and, and be very successful. And
2: when we, were, when we were very successful. And when we were starting night, I read every sentence. Every sentence. And uh, I probably knew what they were doing part of the time maybe better than they did.
1: Because you were studying it?
2: Yeah. Like, I... You know, and then if you fast forward to Swift today, you know we can we can talk all about that too. But, sure. but yeah, so that that was that was that was it. And and we just wanted to have a good trucking company. We wanted to grow. We wanted to be efficient. But we had no uh, pre thought about being the biggest or one of the biggest or we just we just wanted to be a good trucking company that was it
1: so when i think about those times like i don't know where you sitting at dinner and said you know what i think we're going to open up a trucking company and then boom you just went out and like how did that especially knowing you know the plain city piece of it like you know
2: things things just happen in your career and uh i gotta tell you I could have stayed at Swift and and found joy.
0: You know, I have a little insight to that to that question because okay. I had gone to work with Randy Knight after he had left Swift. Okay. And he had signed a non-compete oh. for five years.
1: you yeah. guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah.
0: Um, it, we, he was in the warehousing business, so we did local deliveries. And I remember when he said, hey, my non-compete is... Is that up, yeah. I'd love to get interstate authority. Yeah, and
1: that's where it started.
0: Th- that may, could have been one of the ideas that said, you know, I, I, I I'd like to be able to haul to L.A. and back yeah. with the truck. So yeah. planted yeah. the seed. Okay. Yeah. Now, fast forward. You've made the decision. W- tell us what that was like yeah, for you guys really personally. Years. You it know, was, just it was the best. Look, was it
2: scary? It was a little bit, but um,
1: a lot of hard work. We had,
2: we had already started to be big at Swift. Like we, when we left, Swift was probably 1,000 trucks. Yeah, and I'd what say, you've got to understand yeah. is when we started in the trucking business, if you had 100 trucks, you were, you were massive. And you couldn't manage much more than 200 because we had no systems. We had no technology. Right. We had, you know, none of that stuff. And everything was by hand and you kept track of it by hand and your drivers would have to call you and tell you where they were and you'd have to write it down. And, you you know, it was a very archaic way of of doing all of this. But when we left Swift, you know, we were we were we were of size. And uh, so it was. Let's forget about the pressure of making payments, okay, and, and all of and making payroll and all of those kind of things, and, and defending yourself through a difficult period and, and, uh, and, and so forth. Um, I would say if you separate all that and just look at what our job was, it was the best time in our life. We were back on ground floor we were um working with our drivers we were ordering trucks and trailers we were getting loads yeah some of our customers would say well, you don't even have trucks yet what why are you here calling on me you know mm-hmm. well they're coming they're you just got to trust same. us they're they're coming uh putting a business plan together that that had to you know we needed 10 million bucks. We needed 10 million bucks, and back then, that was that was a monumental achievement to get 10 million bucks. And uh, but hey, we knew we knew the business. Now, I thought we would be extremely efficient, but I didn't know until we got our first financial statement. And when we did, now hey, I wasn't getting paid. You know, there were a few of us not getting paid. <laughs> but when we got our financial statement in August of 1990, which was our first full month, I knew we, we nailed it. I mean, it just felt to me like we, we nailed it. And, and so, um, but hey, I did orientation. Every week,
1: for the drivers.
2: Every week, and and you know, my goal was to prepare our drivers to be the very best that that they could could be. And uh, gosh, we'd talk about when you're going to leave, you know, what you're going to do when you get in LA, when you got to be out of there by you you know these are all the things you got to do and oh you, know, you got to be safe you, you, you cannot not be safe because that's the one thing that that you know yeah, you we'll, can get in trouble will we'll really really hurt us you know so so you it,
0: followed the roly shaw method oh, no of, question. of teaching your drivers and oh, and philosophy of being oh, productive right yeah, oh yeah
2: absolutely sure. and it was so fun And then we had team members, you know, Corey, you had been in the warehousing business. You hadn't been in the trucking business. We, we had all these great people that came along early on, whether it was our brother, Larry or Mitch or Carl or
3: dad was there. dad was there.
2: I mean, it was, uh, you know, and, uh, couple or three people from swift uh came joe marshall was was right. there early on right. linda daniels was there helping us hire helping me hire drivers <laughs> and uh uh dad and i kind of set up our shop and and uh, keith and all, all and the whole time and, keith was and over in Los Angeles. And, and randy were trying to get loads down in the street getting and, loads <laughs> um, and you know so it was uh it was spectacular. Yeah, like we worked good together. Oh anyway, my gosh, it, it
0: was good, unbelievable. From an outside awesome. point yeah. of view, one of the things that I noticed was there was this perfect blend of kind of responsibility and expertise I'm with the Solomon. four of you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Randy, you know, had the the other business and was had some connections with the agriculture in yep. Arizona yep. and uh, yep. and the steamship yeah, lines. Sure. Yep. Keith was over in L.A. You were an expert at safety and shop and purchasing trucks, and Gary was connected with the sales and operations. Yep. It was kind of like a so yep. perfect blend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So some people say that it's really difficult totally. to maintain a family <laughs> business. Yeah. yeah. So, but you guys through the years have made that, made that work. Yeah, no, it's it a worked, secret. Worked
2: out good. Well... Um, I would say we do a really good job of making sure that our egos get checked at the door. I would be the one most susceptible to not doing that. (laughs) Uh, Gary and Keith are extremely humble people. And, uh, but I, I, kept it in check for the most part oh no yeah and kevin's very humble he's
3: just very intense yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. so just just in more intense just just intense but but you need you need somebody like that i mean you really do you do and and yeah i i knew the best role how i could serve at least i felt you know you know and and you know and of course kevin and gary and randy and and others you know throughout our organization you know you they just helped help balance things out you know and and of course they were mentors to me of, of of you know the best way to do things but yeah i don't know it just seemed to work it it really did
0: now you were living in california at the time right mm-hmm. when you were working for swift when night started right yeah so i I'd,
3: I'd moved over there um i think in 84 randy had asked me to go to california and work there and um, yeah and
0: then when we started
3: I was there and it made sense just to
0: stay there and and it worked out good so i i remember a couple things but i want to ask you this question what would you do every time you got a new customer or a new load in southern california
3: you mean the first load we Uh haul yeah i'd just be at their dock and meet the driver and you know you just want to make sure that the first impression is good and usually it worked Uh, you know most of the time it 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 was successful and and it helped and then Mm -hmm. plus You know, you helped the driver with what he needed to do, and that's what was nice. To Kevin's point early on, is you could be so hands on with everybody. It was, it was, it was just so much fun. It was,
0: it was a lot of fun. It's always been really fun for me to watch that interaction because you've always appreciated our drivers. Yeah, you know they have a hard job as you were talking about before. So. Many times we would be on sales calls together, go to a customer, and we would see a night truck, a driver either coming in or going out. And Keith would say, Stop, stop, <laughs> jump out of the car, run over to the driver's window, pound on the window because he wanted to tell him thanks. Yeah. Sometimes he would scare the bejeebies out of them, yeah. you know, because they'd be pounding on the window. But I've always appreciated that. Yeah. About.
3: That's awesome. Oh, good. Well, no. It's, well, we appreciate our drivers, and they, they don't get a lot of. You know, that people don't tell them thanks very often, right? right? Usually, especially back then, customers were kind of tough on them, right? Right. And, um, and so anytime that you, that you could tell them thanks, it, you, you'd, you'd want to do that. And, and I think it always goes a long way with them.
2: Yeah. What was so, really neat, Corey, different than Keith, we were in Phoenix. But in the early days, let's say when we had 40 or 50 trucks, you'd be on the floor of our office in phoenix and we you'd see as many drivers walking around through our office um, as employees as, as other other employees yeah. and and you know they were they were they're our team right and uh and and you know so they'd be working on this and working on that and doing this and doing that and and so like keith said um we were so hands-on uh it was just it it was just the best and and you know you wish it could be that way but if you think about how our business is set up and really we started this at swift is we have lots of terminals and we always want it to feel that way for our driving associates We, we, if you're in Indy, you're part of a team of however many uh, associates and, and you know, we just, we, we want it, we want it to be close. We want it, we want all of our employees to feel like they're at home. And then the great thing about having terminals all over the country is we want it to feel like they have a home away from home when they interact with those with those other terminals. You know, people have often said to me when I was the CEO, how do, you, how do you run a company that has that many trucks? Well, I don't know. But I can tell you how to run a company that has 100 trucks or 150 trucks. And then if you have enough of those, then I guess you end up having... A large company and and you know we've always encouraged our service centers, terminals, whatever you want to call them, to treat the truck from another service center and driver better than you do your, your own. own yeah and and you know it probably doesn't get executed to perfection, but if If any of our folks listen to us today, which I don't know if they will, but I hope that our people understand that that's really our secret sauce is small teams that feel like
0: a family.
1: I agree. I agree. So, so I didn't come tonight until I believe it was 2015. Yep. And, of course, when you come into, that was my first time ever being into trucking. And I only, I came with these presets of, you know, when you go to the truck stops, of this predetermined what these, um, what do you want to call them, uh, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until there was a meeting, and I don't remember what the meeting was about. But I remember you. And you spoke at the meeting, and on that day, completely changed my outlook on the drivers. I never, I'd never heard it that way, just like you explained today. Um, there is no night transportation without a driver.
2: That's correct.
1: Um, but I never viewed it that way until that day. Mm-hmm. But it made, a, it made a lasting impression on me, it completely changed my outlook. I said, com- I, from that day on, I, mo- I did things differently. Um so I hope somebody here is listening today, and I hope that changes for you as well, uh, because that was that was instrumental for me
2: yeah we uh We have to remember our drivers are away from home, our drivers shower in truck stops mm-hmm. yeah, sleep in their sleeper yeah.
3: And literally,
2: family activities and keep yeah. the whole system going. going. You know, it's it doesn't it doesn't, especially today. It would not take long for literally the shelves to be empty, there. and it's so uh, what we do is so important, um, and it, it pains me. To see people take that for, for granted. granted and uh, and it because uh, it's 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 so uh, important and it's interesting today you know uh, it's the supply chain is disrupted, right and oh, yeah, it's making the news right what's interesting is if all of the people that rely on the supply chain would just have a meeting today, every warehouse, every shipping point, every receiving point, and say, okay, guys, we've got a supply chain problem. Uh, We need it to be more fluent. It could be solved in one hour. This whole problem could be solved in one hour by simply saying when a truck pulls in and a driving associate, no matter what company they're with, no matter who they represent, get them loaded or get them unloaded. Get them loaded and get them back on the road because that's that's how they make money. That's how it works for them. The problem be solved tomorrow and and it's interesting we've we've continued to carry that message when we talk to everybody we do business with that our driving associates can drive more but there's efficiencies that you guys need to address you need to value our driver's time and uh and if, if that would have resonated like it should have resonated, we wouldn't have the issues that we, that we have today. The Port of LA, we've been going in and out of the Port of LA, Long Beach, for 40-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. And it's never been efficient. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's probably gotten less efficient instead of more efficient. But if people would value the time of those trucks... And driving associates coming in and out of their facilities yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't have this issue we just wouldn't have it it would everything moving everything would be flowing you know i love the president trying to help by telling the port of la long beach to stay open for for 24 hours we work around the clock <laughs> we're already truckers work around the clock like, like we have, we will make as an organization. Uh, we'll deliver uh, over two or three thousand stops to a grocery store every single day, and those guys got their load at ten o'clock last night. Wow. So, you know, we, we, we run around the clock. Our phone rings around, around the, the clock. clock. And, you know, we're already working around the clock. Now, it'd be nice if somebody else would.
0: <laughs> and, and think about the upcoming holidays. We're working Shippers want to make sure everything's out. Then they go take a break but make sure the drivers are running through the holidays to deliver, right? Absolutely. And there's never been a bigger ba- – I mean, in it's news today. There's never been a bigger backlog of ships waiting to be unloaded. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of goods that can still lots come through shit. if we could yeah. figure figure that out. Yeah, right? we've
1: got drivers waiting for them. Yeah,
0: and and and, and these issues – now, there's
2: other issues other than just moving the trucks in and out efficiently, but it's that culture – that get you behind, in, in in other words, when when you think uh, of an Indy car race, and a, and and the car pulls into the pit, yeah, he's gone like in six or seven seconds, right? And gets a lot done. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice <laughs>
1: if, if our trucks rolled if, in? If and- there
2: was a little more energy around that, yep, and and and. And that culture that we have in trucking—if—if if we had that culture everywhere throughout the supply chain, pretty sure there wouldn't be 100 ships waiting to uh, yeah, to get unloaded to get unloaded.
1: Could you imagine the indie style? You pull into the back in, and boom, stuff is <laughs> in, and you're out. That, that would, would be, be awesome, amazing, <laughs> amazing.
0: So, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen through the years in our industry?
2: Will the computer?
1: The computer? Yeah.
2: Deregulation. Right, deregulation. 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 deregulation.
3: deregulation. Electronic
2: logs.
0: Yeah. Uh, In cab communication.
2: In cab communication.
1: Ability to scan paperwork. Yeah, just. <laughs> There's
2: lots of things. Things, things that are that are driven by technology technology and it and, and it, it's it hasn't it's- it all hasn't made things better trust me <laughs> yeah some like has for some sure. some has for sure yeah, like um the systems that we run our business on grand slam email i'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> you know like is People that a is that. that a time suck or is that a you <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying yep. so you know um Lots of things. I think electronic logs, Keith brought up electronic logs. I think it was huge. Now, a lot of our driving associates probably wouldn't have been excited about electronic logs when it first came. But we now have record, and, and now we know what one of our driving associates' time is worth. We have a record of that. And we know how much of that time's being used efficiently and how much of that time's being wasted. Um, you know, electric vehicles is in the forefront. Autonomy's in the forefront. But it is not going to replace our drivers. Uh, it's, it's not going to replace the importance of what we do in conjunction with our drivers. Now, our driver's job might change a little bit. Uh might be a little bit less of this and a little bit more of that. But you know, it's it's really interesting to me. Some people when it comes to technology, they just go all in, kind of unconsciously because that's kind of how the world works today. But the perfect balance is is technology in conjunction with the brains and the common sense of human beings and uh, so we've seen a lot of great stuff but probably the greatest thing is just the capabilities of the people that we get to work with every day
0: for sure yeah for sure so you're saying, hey, you, for the foreseeable future, drivers will always be an integral part of the supply chain. I'm saying forever. Forever. Yeah. forever. I'm saying forever. Yeah, and yeah. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And
2: I'll, 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 I'll stand on that statement till I die.
1: Well, um, I got a question. Um, what's one of your proudest moments? From, and, there, and I, I was going to limit it to night transportation, but I'm not. What is one of your proudest moments?
2: Well, I told you we leave, sure. we check our ego at the door, so it's sometimes hard to, <laughs> uh, you know, be overly proud. Um,
0: Maybe gosh. satisfying moments.
3: Well, in in the business world, yeah, or
0: just in the, in, the h- in your your careers I'm, and history.
2: I'm going to throw one out that's that people won't think about, but. I think uh, the Knight family and our uh, long-term employees have done an amazing job of developing our next generation. It's, It's a hard thing to do when you... a business and you put your entire life mm-hmm. into it and you you look at your wife and your children and your grandchildren and you say you're number one but your your mind is always thinking about your business. It's hard to separate from that. And we have intentionally, Randy, Gary, Keith, myself, over the last 10 years said it isn't about us it's about keeping this thing going because so many people rely on it our customers our employees our shareholders Uh, you know we have, we have painstakingly prepared our next generation, and, uh, and and you can just look at businesses that reach the cycle where we are, and if you don't, if you don't do that well you you know it it's 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 hard yeah it makes it tough to, to, to the, for the future like Keith as an example uh, I don't think Keith has had anybody that really reports to him for how many years Keith
3: oh for a while yeah quite a while
2: you know they've reported other people but he's because we need we need that next generation Keith 67 and, you know, I'm the youngest of the group. I'm 65. And so, you, you, I, I mean, that is the thing I'm the most probably proud of, is that we really haven't missed a beat. Now, are things different? Yeah. yeah. Would would I do some things a little different? Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, is the company sound, solid, productive, outstanding, growing, you know, efficient? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No and better. it's and it's good. And so, I would say that.
3: No, that's a good answer. I would say that. Yeah, and I would or- just second that. I mean, you're you're proud that you've been able to help, be a part of providing you know good jobs for a number of people and drivers and you know I think all those things and of course you're always Kevin mentioned his family but you're always proud of your families too right Mm -hmm. very very proud that uh, because they've supported us real well through all of this and so you know our our wives have pretty much raised the kids you know when they were young and done lots of things I mean we've contributed for sure. sure, right? But but yes, we've we've just had a great family and and you know yeah just lots of and, and we've been able to work with our dad and brothers and and, and family members and so that's always a good thing, right? Um, and made yeah lots of great friends. So
2: yeah, uh, and and at the end of the day, um, like w- there's nobody there better drivers than we do yeah and I'll put our safety numbers up against anybody and uh, and you know that's that's a testament to all of our people really understanding what's important and uh, you know it's
0: uh, it's good so, what do you see a vision for for us going forward? The future of the business, I the future of the industry.
3: Kevin's more visionary, so he's about <laughs> that. yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, part of that had to be satisfying when you came full circle, having spent many years beginning at Swift, right. yeah. learning so many great lessons, and then the opportunity came to merge. merge.
2: Yeah. Let me tell you, I am so grateful for Swift. I remember when we merged. Um. You know, Swift uh, was in a position where we had some really good opportunities to make it better, and, uh, but the bones were good, and, uh, I remember telling our people at Swift, because you heard everybody saying, oh, Swift's gonna be the next night, you know, they're gonna just be a bigger version of the night, and, uh, Adam and Kevin and I, when we went over there, we just told our people at Swift, don't let that crap in your ears. We want to be the best version of Swift. Night is night. It's a special company. Swift is Swift and it's going to be a special company. And um so that was was our that was our MO. And uh so grateful for night because a lot of good folks had to come with us and intermesh with all of our good Swift folks and uh and you know uh Jerry and team had amassed a massive amount of freight and people, and we were able to uh, merge and help and, you know, work towards Swift becoming the best that Swift can be. And as a result, um, we have very powerful brands like Swift, like Knight, None, Abilene, and now Triple A Cooper, and uh, and some other brands behind the scenes that you know aren't big enough to get headlines. Do you understand what I'm saying? And uh, and and so we can do so many things for our customers. Uh, you know, dry van, full truckload, refrigerated full truckload, dedicated in both of those, flatbed, we've got an outstanding uh, Mexico franchise in Transmex, we've got an outstanding intermodal franchise in Swift Intermodal. Uh, You know, we now have an LTL franchise in AAA Cooper. Uh, Barnum's amazing, Abilene's amazing, and kind of Knight and Swift, kind of just go without saying. I mean, they're... They're they're amazing yeah. brands. So, when you when you have that, and you have a culture of working together, we can do so many things for our our customers. And you know, think of our logistics business, which I didn't mention, and think of our relationships with our third party carriers and all we're doing uh, with with them through our Iron Services. Uh, it's it's outstanding the the future is outstanding the opportunities like I truly believe that any of our employees uh or independent contractors that work here can be successful can be achieve anything they want uh you know the the sky's the the sky's the limit so we're financially strong uh it's a necessary business maybe not a you know quite as racy a business as the market is seeking these days but over time you know they'll reward us and um, so i i just you know and hey electric vehicles we'll incorporate them as it makes sense and we'll use parts of autonomy that help our drivers do their job better. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's really, really good. And we, the way all those businesses work together is unbelievable. Like our logistics business, it's always been a little clumsy. Right. We're truckers, you know. But our logistics people are getting it. Like, they're they're understanding how to think like a trucker. And us truckers are understanding how to think like a logistician. So, you know, we we just have a lot of good things going on. We have a very experienced next generation now that really leads us. You know, nobody reports to me anymore. It's wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great to spend time with the grandkids, maybe, right? <laughs> well,
2: uh, we do, and always have. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've we always tried to take as much time as we can for our, our families. Yeah. And as Keith said, our wives have been there more than us, our significant others, whatever you can say today. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh,
0: that's that. Um, so just, it's great nowadays to see the industry and the world finally appreciating our driving associates a little more, making it, trying to make a better job for them. I've always appreciated how you guys through the years continue, um, before the pandemic, whenever we got new driving associates in Phoenix, we would always bring them by and you guys would take time to meet every new class. Yep. And still greet them with that open door policy. How? What advice or message would you want to tell all of our team members and all the drivers in the industry? As maybe some parting comments.
2: Kate, you go first.
3: Well, um, yeah, just the the gratitude we have for them. Really, I mean, it's as we've talked. It's 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 you know the driving job's not easy, right? Um, and we just have tons of gratitude for them. We appreciate all that they do. Um, we hope more can more people can get into the industry, right? Right. And see the, the benefits from it um, that it that it has. That it's a great job. It's going to be there forever. And you know, I I um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to really let them know just how much you do appreciate them, right? Um, but but it. Yeah, we just, it goes without without saying just, you know, what, what they do. And it's a hard job, like Kevin was saying. Um, you know, they're driving at nighttime. A lot of them are, um, you know, many miles. Um, you've got weather they have to deal with. There's just so many things are away from home all the time. And so we just want to make sure that they know that they are appreciated and that we're thankful for what they have, and look what they do. I mean, you know, you get up in the morning, and be, because of them, you have groceries, you have you have food in your refrigerator, you have clothes on your back, you have you have materials to, to build a home, and um, yeah, I just think there's there's just a lot of thing things that many people don't um, realize what they do do for us, and so just want to say thanks for our drivers, and of course also for all of our um, not yeah. just Knight yeah. Swift employees, but, but for you know all employees that are in this mm-hmm. big supply chain that we have, you know, and yeah, just 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 really appreciate them a bunch. So,
2: yeah. and I I would add to what Keith uh, has said. I, you know, I would agree with that, and probably the other thing that I would add is, um, I want all of our driving associates and all of our other employees to know that there's really two things you do in our organization you're you're either out there delivering the freight like Keith just described with all those emphases or you're you're working in our organization to make sure that we can that we assist in that effort, like the reason the rest of our jobs exist is to keep all those trucks and driving associates Running. moving safely, and uh, and that's that's why we come to work and don't ever lose sight of that purpose, because you know we can we can get off track a little mm-hmm. bit with all the stuff that comes. At our desk every day but what we have to remember is the reason the rest of us come here is to keep all, to be support for our our frontline folks and uh that's that's what i would that's what i would say and and re-emphasize the gratitude and the love
0: Well, thank you, guys.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. That, was, uh, that was a great message. It was a great um, – I, I enjoyed it, like, a lot. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, especially um, – it kind of gave us a little glimpse into Kevin and Keith Knight. Like, it was, it was nice. It was nice to, to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, thank you, Keith. Thank you, Kevin, for you. taking thank the time to be here. Yeah. And a shout-out to Gary yes. and to Randy, who yeah, were part of those – that uh, foundation well, and their scene. families, and
3: the yeah. Many others too. Yeah, you know, all yeah. the early. There were yeah. so many people that.
2: Yes, that, and to Jerry, absolutely. That helped through.
3: Yeah, I mean, really, many, many people. They so and so many people in uh, Plain City.
1: Plain <laughs>
0: City. <Yeah>. Grandpa Knight, <laughs> Knight. sounds like City. quite the character. <laughs> yeah, who would Who would have ever thought Plain City would be the hotbed of trucking? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: For
2: sure.
1: But and used. so, out of Plain City, we have. Swift. Swift. Knight. Knight. CR England.
2: CR England and Sons.
1: CR England and Sons. Pride. 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 Which Pride. is
2: CR's oldest grandson, amazing human being, uh, just great company. Yeah, those are the, and then, hey, I guess if the other companies that now were associated with, I don't know if Plain City gets credit for those or not, but hey, there's a part of Plain City in there.
1: That's it's good.: awesome. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: All right. Well, Corey, thank you for spending uh, some time with me. It's I miss, great to be here with you. Yeah, I miss not having you here next to me.
0: Anytime, Will's on vacation. Well, you know <laughs> he's happy always on vacation. To so. To
1: <laughs> All right. You, well, you,
0: you guys
2: be nice to Will.
1: Okay. <laughs> Don't tell Will that okay. he won't fit yeah. through the door. Yeah, his head'll swell.
0: We we need to t- teach him about checking his ego. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're just kidding. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. That's a that's a wrap for us. Um, I just want to say, hey, keep watching us on YouTube and listen to us wherever you're uh, listening to podcasts at. We'll see you guys later and keep on trucking.
2: Thank you. We enjoyed bringing this show
1: to you and we hope you had fun along the way too. We're going 10 10 for now, but you can catch us on the side on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond the Rig and Drive Night. Until next time, be safe out there. And keep trucking.